Discussion podcast hosted by. Did you forget your line? No, I thought you would say it first. Oh, I'm Heather. And Kenny. <laughs> wow, I think that's the most botched that's ever been. Uh, Was it though? I mean, <laughs> I'm Loki obsessed with it. Um, and April Fools to everyone. We April Fools <laughs> you. You are April Fools. Yeah. Because last time you thought that we thought that Troll 2 is like a classic horror movie, but no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were all just totally buying it. Yeah. Can you not click over there so much? No. I can, like, hear it. I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. Speaking of clicking, all of our listeners should click on Twitter and see us at Cinematicon Pod. Uh, but I'm not sure I should be saying this. I, I, I feel like there's something weird and paradoxical about me telling our listeners to go on twitter because we we have currently over 500 followers on twitter and we have about 20 listeners so it seems like we should be telling our twitter followers to listen to the podcast and not vice versa um well maybe we should be doing both yeah yeah let's just yell at everyone all the time uh Mm -hmm. but definitely if you're listening to this uh, you may want to check out our Twitter because in addition to the spicy memes that Heather likes to post and that do get people responding to them and uh, sharing them and hearting them and whatever, uh, I'm also posting some stuff recently on Twitter that's like really cool, according to me, uh, but that <laughs> no one is commenting on or responding to or sharing. So, um, you know, you should go and do that. Uh Recently, I've started uh, doing the what I call the Horror Oscars, where I go through each year. I'm going backwards from the current year, uh, and I'm nominating five horror movies from that year for Best Horror Picture of the Year. And, um, and you, you know, if people wanted to comment who they think should win, then that would be cool. But, what, you know, what even if you don't, you, doing you can just right look now? at it. What do you mean, what bit? What is this that you're doing? I'm trying to promote our brand or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. Got it. All right. I'm everybody. I'm get on Twitter. I'm right here, Heather. I don't know what dude, I'm doing. I yeah, I can kind of see that. <laughs> I I just need to know what you're trying to do, and I can help you. But um, so yeah. Go on I'm Twitter. Trying to get We're... People to go on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. We're on Twitter at Cinematicon Pod. It's yeah. a little brown logo. It's the Necronomicon cover logo yeah. thing. Um, and that's uh, Remy, Heather's dog. He's also encouraging you to go click on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have thumbs, but if he did, he'd be on Twitter too. Um, right. So I guess we should get into today's topic. Mm -hmm. Oh oh my god. The fucking recording level. For for the listeners, here's a little sneak peek into the backstage process. I keep trying to set the record level down lower, because I can see that I'm, like, clipping or something. And it just... Fucking thing. It just jumps right back up even though i don't have automatic level control turned on so 
apologies to our listeners if the audio quality is shit. Um, a now it's all the way up to max. My God, uh, a poltergeist has got into my uh, recording software. That's all I can. That's all I can suppose. You think that's a joke? Uh, okay. So today we're looking at a motion picture called Jennifer's Body from 2009. Uh, it was directed by Karen Kusama. Uh, it was written by Diablo Cody and it stars Amanda Seyfried. Oh fuck, did I fuck that up? I, I specifically looked up a video to make sure I knew how to pronounce her name, but it's been so I, long. That's how I pronounce it. I actually so... think it's Seyfried. I think it's Seyfried actually. Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? Oh. I think so. Uh, yeah, right. in the video that I watched where she talks about it, she says her brother actually pronounces it differently from her. So I feel like if if she and her siblings can't even agree, then we can be <laughs> forgiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so it stars her and Megan Fox <laughs> and features a musical score by Stephen Barton and Theodore Shapiro. Uh, so, spoiler alert for this movie, uh, do you want to do the plot summary? Yes. Okay. Do it. So, Jennifer's Body tells the story of Jennifer Check, the hottest girl in school, played by Megan Fox, and her awkward best friend, Needy, played by Amanda, what, Seyfried? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, they're an odd pair, but they've been friends since they were little. There may even be some sexual tension between the two, but Needy has a supportive boyfriend that adores her named Chip, played by Johnny Simmons. Chip doesn't understand all the hype about Jennifer. At Jennifer's insistence, Needy is dragged to the local bar, the only bar in their little town of Devil's Kettle, Minnesota, to see a band called Low Shoulder, lead singer played by Adam Brody. When a fire mysteriously breaks out at the bar during the performance, Needy and Jennifer barely make it out while many others are trapped inside, burning to death. Miraculously, the band is unscathed as well, meeting the two girls outside and inviting the girls to join them in their van. Needy declines, but they succeed in enticing Jennifer to come with them. The next time Needy sees Jennifer, she's acting completely different. Is she sick? Did those boys do something to her? What is she hiding? When the boys at school start being brutally murdered, Needy starts putting two and two together. Jennifer definitely has something to do with it. It turns out, Low Shoulder needed a virgin sacrifice in order to skyrocket their musical careers. They found their perfect victim that night at the bar, Jennifer Check. Dragging her out to the woods, they had performed their ritual and offered up Jennifer to Satan, resulting in her possession by a succubus demon. Now, it's up to Needy to stop her from hurting anyone else. Is she successful? Eventually, but not before losing her boyfriend Chip in the process. In her final battle with Jennifer, Needy is bitten by her succubus friend, leading her to gain some demonic powers of her own. Okay. The end. Great. Uh, so, um, let's talk about this this movie. So I guess I'll start with, I'm not totally clear on your... Uh, relationship to this film did you pick it because you already are a fan or was it a movie that you wanted to see or what um i have definitely seen it before and i remembered liking it a lot but now that i've watched it again i'm like uh i i wish i could go back and like have a discussion with my 2009 self and be like what's your (laughs) what's going on here you know what i mean like what what was that about Hmm. there's a lot to unpack there i think i I think we might have seen it together Mm. i i definitely saw it in the theater it could have been with you uh i just remember really not liking it at the time and but then since then i have heard a lot of buzz about it as like people are Mm reevaluating it now as like a cult classic even though it flopped in the in the theater Mm -hmm. um and so I was kind of like, hmm, you know, I was kind of a young, you know, teenage idiot at the time. So maybe if I go and rewatch it, I'll like it a lot more. Uh, but spoiler 
alert uh no uh, i i still don't like no. it okay no. uh, well as i'm sure you can probably imagine i heard about it being made and it's named after a whole song so yeah yeah the whole time i, I was, was thinking to myself excited. why did heather choose this and then when i got to the final shot of the film it starts playing <laughs> whole and i'm like okay <laughs> okay well obviously that's not why i like it because that would be a pretty stupid reason to like a movie you know uh there's some pretty terrible movies that have whole songs in them but yeah and, well and it, the the title is comes from a whole song too though right yes yes um, and I believe that and whole is, song is there's also, also there's also a hole in the in the film, right? The like you mean the uh, the vortex that, thing, yeah, yeah, that like goes down to goes down forever, but then apparently mm-hmm. it just comes out like twenty feet away. <laughs> no one ever yeah figured that out. I I don't know what that is supposed to be. I I don't know. Yeah, that was one of my discussion questions. It's like something is going on with that whirlpool. It has some kind of symbolic meaning because it doesn't well, really do anything for the plot. And it's introduced like so explicitly. Like, here's the thing about this town is there's this amazing, mysterious whirlpool that no scientist mm-hmm. has ever understood the bottom of. And and then it just never... It, it comes back at the very end because the knife that they threw in there uh, mm-hmm. is just sitting by the side of the road and needy picks it up and then she goes and kills them but it's it's not like she didn't already have a motive to go and kill the band that caused you know everything to go wrong in her life uh or a means to do that so it's really unnecessary so it's, it's just a really weird choice to have that and i i am wondering like what is it about that vortex like why couldn't it be anything else why couldn't he have just thrown the knife off to the side and then she finds it i i feel like it was just an excuse to have that same knife come back you know this is what i'm saying it's like she could have just found the knife i know it's it's clunky it doesn't make any sense could have been done better Anyway, uh, yeah, we were talking about why you think you liked this originally. I mean, I think I probably liked it because it was a horror movie that was, like, centered around women, like, mm-hmm. it, rather than it just being, like, them just being props, you know, it's it's their story. I guess, I I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. It's very visually pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie probably just should have been called Megan Fox is Hot, Very, Very Hot. Because that's really <laughs> what's just, you know, going on here. It's just like a million shots of Megan Fox being super hot. Yeah. So. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's one thing the movie kind of deliberately refrains from doing is like being exploitative in the way that horror films often are where the camera kind of leers uh at the female characters and we get a lot of like tits and ass um Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know it's something that i noticed in particular because uh this time i watched the uh unrated cut of the film uh because the blu-ray that i bought had that um and the the blu-ray cover advertises the unrated cut and it's got uh uh what is what is her name again megan fox it's got uh megan fox like you know her pant leg is all up and the and unrated is like etched into her leg so it's like yeah like we're gonna see more of megan fox in this version of the film um is -hmm. what's definitely being advertised uh by that you know there's stuff that they cut in order to get the r and it was you know her tits basically um and uh no uh there there's nothing that not only is there no nudity in either version of the film uh there's barely any gore um and nothing is added in in the unrated cut that would have been cut because of the mpaa it's really just a director's cut 
So the stuff that's added in is just a little bit more dialogue, a little more character stuff, um, slightly different shots. Um, so they misleadingly marketed that. And I feel like they, they misleadingly marketed the film as a whole by presenting it more as like a, you're gonna, you know, get to leer at Megan Fox, but the film really isn't interested in that. That's, that's my reading anyway. I mean, yeah, she, she looks beautiful, but uh, I guess I, I'm agreeing with you about it being more of a film for female audiences and focused on the mm -hmm. female characters. Right. So I, I think that's Which, why I um, liked it. Yeah. And I still like it. Like, I do. I don't... I, I apparently got something out of it in 2009 that I no longer do, but I still really like it. Does that make sense? Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to know, like, well, what is it? What is it that you like about it now? I guess we can talk about that. What we think the strengths um, of it are. I still like the quippy dialogue. Um, there's still some, like, really ridiculous shit in here that's even more funny to me now. Like, probably the scene where they're singing 8675309 while they're stabbing her. Okay, yeah. Was, like, pure joy to me. That probably sounds really bad. Um, but I was hysterically laughing at that. Like, I love that. So... I don't think I thought it was that funny back then, but I do now. So maybe there, there's something there that I get out of it now that I didn't then. Um, so there was that. I, that was definitely the highest point of the movie for me. That was like, you know, hitting a 10. Nothing else reached that level. Mm -hmm. But I still think a lot of it's pretty funny. I definitely think there are funny parts. Uh like uh needy not knowing who phil collins is and chip oh, yeah. responds responds forget it he's seminal but whatever <laughs> that's a funny line uh uh let's see I'm trying to find another like funny funny line there uh i like uh when jennifer says i think it's jennifer says you give me such a wetty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's anything that people say in real life, but I just oh, I, it's I find definitely that... not. Yeah, it's, it's not just it's a humorous idea of yeah. a wetty being like a the female version <laughs> yeah. of a hard on. Right. Uh, right. Um. So, yeah. So I think that. I guess one thing that we should talk about is Diablo Cody, right? She's the the writer of mm -hmm. Juno, uh, mm -hmm. which was a super successful movie of a few years before maybe the previous year i don't know um and then she did this i don't know that she's done much since this i really haven't followed her but she's really has a very distinctive style of writing uh, that's full of quips and witticisms and she's apparently super into hole yes um and so that's that's one interesting thing about the film is that it's a horror movie written in this like style that seems suited more to comedy and it, well it's a comedy horror um mm -hmm. but um uh yeah for me the quippy dialogue on on the whole it really it it falls flat um i, I got what? really annoyed with it uh and maybe i don't know it's hard to explain like how comedy can fail uh for me like there are movies where you laugh a few times but the jokes that where you're not laughing are so bad that it makes you like unlaugh like it's like i take <laughs> back that laugh you know like i <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like i don't that know that was like... a brutal burn <laughs> like the the i'm just trying to like express what happens as a viewer when a joke like completely doesn't land you know it so it's like it's like um, it's cringe is what it is it's like wait so these jokes aren't funny 
I had it and I lost it. It's like, these jokes aren't funny, and therefore those other ones must not have been funny either. And that was a mistake to laugh at them. No, no, I'm, I'm, I don't literally take back my laugh, but it's more, it's oh, just okay. like, it, it's, it's not just, I guess what I should, what I'm saying is like, if the movie only had a few jokes and those jokes made me laugh, that's way better than a movie making me laugh a few times, but there's like a hundred jokes because so they were every trying joke too that, hard to be funny. So every joke that doesn't land is like, but you can tell that it's really trying to be funny it kind of like it hits you in your soul you know like it 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 brings you down um so yeah so i guess that's my that's how i experience comedy i think maybe not everyone is like that but for me it's like um that the kind of uh spray and pray method of comedy writing where you just throw in as many jokes as possible uh, which kind of mm-hmm. seems like what's going on here. Like almost every lo- every line of dialogue has something that's supposed to be funny to- on some level, um, mm. and mostly it's not. Uh, it really it really doesn't work for me. Um, okay. And a lot of the times, I feel like what's annoying about the dialogue here is that it's it's like there are all these references, but they're not to the level of being jokes. Like, I feel like this is the family guy problem of Ugh. joke writing where it's like a reference is not a joke. Like, for instance, uh, Megan Fox is annoyed that Needy is uh, dwelling on something. And she says, move on dot org, Needy. So, like, instead of saying move on, Needy, she says move on dot org because that's a website that exists and it's like that's the joke it's just a random reference to a website that's dis- totally disconnected from anything yeah that's that's a good point i definitely get that too i feel like a lot of like rap songs are like that you know what i mean it's like they're mm. just rhyming random shit like that doesn't make good writing in a song just re- two yeah. things that rhyme like, yeah definitely a lot of rap lyrics will just like throw in a lot of references to just anything mm-hmm. uh yeah and it's like i don't know i wish i wish that the references would be more purposeful exactly um the other problem i have with the quippy dialogue is that um so john keats once said that shakespeare had a negative capability which allowed him to just put himself into the shoes of whatever character it was he was writing for so that it would just sound like that character was speaking and i think that's part of being a great screenwriter right is your characters should feel like themselves they shouldn't all just feel like little sock puppets that are you know you're talking through them and i always feel in jennifer's body like every character is just diablo cody you know like they're all speak with her voice mm. um and it's so it's kind of like in aaron sorkin films when everyone is the wittiest person on earth exactly yeah aaron sorkin has the same problem um and it keeps me from believing in the characters like i don't i don't believe you're a real person i can sort of see through I can see the script, you know, through the screen, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, true. And the other problem, I guess I have a lot of problems with the dialogue. The other oh, problem boy. with trying to fit some kind of quip into every line is that sometimes it's like massively inappropriate given the dramatic situation that's going on. Mm. Like you have quips at a funeral where the mom whose son has just died makes a quip about how his body looked like lasagna with teeth and then the movie like brings that line up later again because this was like so funny that it needed to be repeated um and it's like i i just no mother in the history of the universe has ever you know made a quip like that at a funeral uh, the funeral of her son like it's makes no sense um so again, like the characters and the situation are just a vehicle for a series of quips 
they're not actually believable in the world of the story even in the you know cartoonish world that we're in i still it still disconnects me from it yep that that checks out but um anyway now that i've totally dunked on diablo cody um <laughs> i should say that i i quite like uh karen kusama the director um I think this movie has some some visual style to it, and uh, yeah. I I just there were, I had I had the weirdest coincidence happen. I told you about this already when it happened, but um, I just got around to watching a movie called The Invitation, uh, which came out in twenty fifteen, and I've been meaning to watch it. So you can see how slowly it <laughs> how long it takes for me to get around to watching things, um, but. Uh, because I heard about it when it came out, and I was like, ooh, I want to watch that. Um, and so now, five years later, I did. And then at the very end of the movie, it says, directed by Karen Kusama. And I was like, holy shit. She's the same director. Uh, That's so, crazy. Yeah, so it just so happens that I just saw this more recent film from her. And I think it's really good. Um, we may do an episode on it sometime in the future. Who knows? Eventually, theoretically, we'll do every film that's ever been released. Uh so how old do you think we're gonna live to be well i mean i'm assuming we're gonna transplant our consciousnesses into computers at some point um and then at that at that point you know every minute can be like 10 years you know because we're processing speed is faster so um this is the plan anyway all figured out yeah so uh so anyway I, i i thought that was like really good um so you know i wouldn't mind doing an episode on that at some point um and i think it's you know really cool that there's uh female directors that are working in the genre there are a few classic horror movies with women directors um i can think of a few like uh american psycho the babadook but prior to this i didn't know of any female directors who were kind of like known for working in the genre um Mm -hmm. you know like horror as a genre tends to be a genre that you kind of pass through a lot of directors get their start in it because you can do it you can do a horror movie for a very low budget but then once they succeed then they go on and do other things um so there aren't a lot of directors that are sort of successful at the same time that they stay in the genre but karen kusama's uh it's one of them that's awesome yeah I love that. Yeah. Um, we should stuff? do more movies with female directors. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. We could do The Babadook. <laughs> I would, I'd love to do that one. Oh, We've we should that. do that one. Yeah, we, we did see that one together. And that one wasn't that long ago, so you should remember that. Yeah. Um, so... Let's talk about another thing. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about succubuses. So that's something that I feel like is a bit of wasted potential here because I haven't seen any other movies with a succubus in it. I think the plural of succubuses is succubi. Oh, yeah? The plural of succubus is succubi. Okay. Pretty sure. I'm looking it up in the OED. Of course you are. So annoying. <laughs> uh. uh you're right. Uh unless we're Ha-ha. in the sixteenth or seventeenth century, they did say succubuses back then. Well, I'm pretty sure we're uh, not. So I'm just being old school, I guess. Okay. Um Right, so uh yeah, so I, I kind of was interested to see, like, what would a movie about a succubus be like? Um, but I, I was, and I'm a little disappointed that it pretty much is just a vampire. Like, the, she really could have been a vampire and, like, very little would have changed. It's true, but I guess they figured that that's overdone. They didn't want to use that vampire imagery and make, like, some stupid t- Twilight horror knockoff thing you know yeah but i feel like i don't know the movie kind of like it hints at like 
going more into what a succubus is and like what like giving jennifer more interesting uh attributes like she says at one point uh as she's like killing the guy she's like i need you to be hopeless uh Mm -hmm. like she she wants them to be experiencing abject terror when they die like somehow that is what allows her to feed on them but then that's like only mentioned that one time and it never comes up again um there's a lot of wasted potential here when it comes to like the lore of the succubus and like what her abilities are and like you know what purpose do they serve and you know stuff like that that aspect could have been explored more so do you know so i know you're kind of into uh occult stuff do you know anything about succubi yeah uh a little bit i mean they're they come to you at night i know that they like coming through your window and they have sex with you and steal your life force Hmm. she does come in through needy's window that's true she does and i think if they feel like it they kill you (laughs) okay I, i that's really all i know i know that the male version is called an incubus yeah yeah i mean my understanding is like incubus and succubus are both basically like sex demons like they're they're sex demons yeah yeah they're demons that have sex with you and so the male one is basically like a rape raper demon and the female one is like a seducer demon she tricks you of course she yeah um incubus succubus is one of my favorite bands ever well unrelated so there's i know the band incubus there's also a band called incubus succubus yeah it's a pagan band oh it's really dope i wonder if the band incubus i wonder how much they knew about incubus the the creature when they made the band did they really were they like Mm. yeah we want to be rapists we love rape (laughs) (laughs) oh boy or we just got canceled i'm guessing they were just like oh that sounds cool you know like they just probably probably, like saw a picture in like a book and they're like incubus that's dope sex demon well people people also use the word incubus sometimes as in a figurative sense as like something that you feel is like weighing you down too so Mm. i think it has that meaning um unless i'm crazy i think that people do use in that sense in the sense of like you know because you know it's the same idea of like the nightmare like sometimes when you wake up you kind of can't get up because you're not fully awake like you're not you don't have control your motor functions yet and so people mm-hmm. say that there's like a demon like lying on you and holding you You're down. talking about the sleep paralysis demon. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's what the original meaning of nightmare is. Mm, okay. Know, okay. It's a demonic cool. thing that holds you down when you're sleeping. Right. I've seen, I've seen pictures of that and I'm so glad because I've experienced sleep paralysis twice in my life. And luckily I did not see the sleep paralysis demon. Otherwise I would have been just catatonic. Like... Ugh, they're so scary. So, um, right. So I guess what's interesting to me about Jennifer being a succubus is that I kind of feel like a succubus is kind of a misogynist thing, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. all of those kind of female monsters, like sirens and harpies and medusas and things like that, they kind of tend to embody the fears that male dominated society has of women and women's agency and sexuality and things like that um yeah so i was kind of interested in like what is the film going to do to try to flip the script on that you know to make it you know we're going to have this fundamentally misogynistic trope but we're going to you know do it in a way that is feminist instead um do you feel like they did that? I feel like they tried. I feel like an attempt was made. They were like, oh, we're going to have her trick these guys into thinking she's going to have sex with them. And then she's just going to kill them instead. But isn't that what the succubus always does? I think a succubus actually does have sex with you. 
Okay, I see. So she doesn't have sex with them first. She doesn't... Right, she just... <laughs> she uses her, like, feminine wiles to, like, manipulate them. Like, a, a commentary on, like, how stupid men are. You know? Like, if you can use your sexuality, you can convince them to do anything, basically. Mm. It's yeah. a, It's like men are very laser-focused on sex, and that's all they care about, and so... We're going to get our revenge on them by tricking them into thinking that we're going to have sex with them. And then we're just going to kill them instead. Yeah, I guess that's like another lore detail that I wish was made clearer. Is like in a lot of scenes with Jennifer seducing these guys, it felt like she had a supernatural power to seduce them. You know, like like mm-hmm. what a, like what a vampire has, right? A vampire locks eyes with right. you and then it, you're kind of hypnotized and you kind of have to do what it says. It seemed like that in a lot of the scenes where they would just like kind of drop what they were doing and be like, oh, okay. And, <laughs> um, but they never made that explicit and it was never like, yeah, so it could have just been that the movie is just thinks guys are dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's one scene in particular where that I really wished I knew because, um, there's the, the makeout scene between, uh, needy and jennifer right yeah you mentioned in your plot summary that there may be some sexual tension between them mm-hmm. well, they do have this very sensual makeout scene and it's like it's really the only like sexy thing in the film uh and yeah and it's it just happens in the middle of where they're kind of they're fighting and they seem to really not like each other in this scene and then they suddenly make out and it's very like uh, erotic and then they just kind of go back to fighting and it never is mentioned again and it's it's so it, it didn't make it much sense for needy to just go with it in that moment unless there's the supernatural power that jennifer has over her and if that's mm-hmm. the case then it's not really a sign that there really was uh you know uh, a sexual dimension to their relationship it's just that she's a magical being now who can seduce anyone I think Needy had genuine romantic feelings for Jennifer. Okay. And I think that that's part of how Jennifer works. She manipulates people's, like, attraction to her. Okay. Well, I... And it even works on Needy, because Needy is into her. Do we get signs of that elsewhere in the movie? Well, yeah, because in one of the first scenes, you know, Needy is, like, she's got, like, a voiceover... Where she's kind of narrating and she's explaining how she and Jennifer met and how they've been friends their whole lives and whatever. And then that other girl that's sitting on the bleachers behind her says something like lesbian much or something like that. Mm. I, I don't I don't remember what she says exactly, but she's basically like making fun of Needy because she and Jennifer are like, you know, looking into each other's eyes from across the, the gym and... I guess I forgot about that. Yeah, something's going on there. So it's hinted at in other places. I don't think Jennifer gives a fuck about her at all. Like, Mm -hmm. but she does sense the attraction and uses it to her advantage. So, hmm. So does that, do you feel like that kind of story gets resolved in the end? Is there another beat to that not necessarily the romantic aspect i don't think but i think needy realizes that jennifer never cared about her and she takes back her power basically Mm. when she rips off the best friend necklace that's that's symbolizing like our bond is severed and we're done here right yeah there's that like slow-mo shot of the necklace like Mm -hmm. falling down Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i just i don't know it's hard to explain like what i feel is missing from all of that but i definitely feel like i wish this was a movie that's about this close friendship between these characters and we care about them and we sort of see them being torn apart On honestly i wish it was ginger snaps uh there's a movie Ooh. uh that's pretty much like doing the same thing but like way better uh from 2000 that's about uh a girl two well they're sisters in that but they're also best friends and they like 
um they're high school girls and one of them becomes a werewolf so it's like it's almost the exact same thing um but Mm -hmm. i feel like there i really i really believe in the characters and uh their their relationship the complexities of it and and how you know getting older and starting to have relationships with boys and all that kind of hormones and stuff it sort of like ends up driving them apart um and the the whole werewolf thing is just kind of like a metaphor for that um yeah i feel like here it's it's not (laughs) it's not as good as that um maybe partly because we never we don't get I, i wish we had more of their relationship beforehand before she gets turned into a succubus like we never see a single solitary thing that jennifer does to that would be like endearing or make us like her uh or even make needy like her it's a mystery i guess other than the thing that she's hot and needy is like into her although she doesn't admit that um Mm -hmm. like where i mean we're told that she's really popular and so i guess needy would want to be friends with someone popular because of social reasons but that's another weird thing about the film is like we never see any of their friends they they seem to not really have any other friends um right it's just needy's boyfriend chip and then like that's it there are no other characters um which is i thought that was weird too yeah like usually in a high school movie where's all her like lackeys you know like where's her her mean girl squad Right, like you, you just expect that, right? Then the, and they would be like, "Why are you hanging out with Needy? Like exactly. she's such a nerd." Like, <laughs> it's weird. And then near the end of the film, when Needy and Jennifer and then they're like climactic confrontation, Needy says something like, "Uh, like last year when you were socially relevant," which seems to indicate like, "Oh, maybe Jennifer has lost some of her friends. Maybe she used to be more popular." But it's like it's it's not explained yeah there are definitely a lot of pieces missing yeah i've been i've been watching a lot of like teen comedies like for a while i've been like catching up on the classic ones that i missed uh like what like i watched days and confused uh fast times at ridgemont high the breakfast club breakfast club is good that's hilarious i was i I was actually gonna say i i really did not like breakfast club and i and i love fast times at ridgemont high i think it's amazing so that's weird Mm -hmm. we have opposite opposite views Hmm. days and confused i feel like it's just okay yeah it's Um, not but fast times i mean come on so i guess i don't know having watched all these i'm like expecting to see more uh like yeah detail about the world there's like a there's a specific formula and it wasn't followed here and like you know that's okay like you don't have to follow the same formula but you have to like make sense you know like there's plot holes here yeah I, i i don't i wasn't bothered by plot holes as much as like i feel like the writing forgetting about the dialogue but just the writing in terms of the plotting you know what the things that happen uh is really kind of sloppy here um like it really feels like when the plot wants a character to know something or do something it just happens like just it just gives them that information whereas a normal movie like this would would you would see them go through the steps to get there. So for instance, um, I mean, there's a lot of movies that are like this, right? Like, uh, like, uh, the one I just said, ginger snaps. There's a lot of movies where, Oh, my friend turned into some kind of vampire or some, some, something. Right. And so Mm -hmm. then you have a period where the main character isn't, you know, is aware that something weird's going on, but they don't know what it is. And eventually they need to figure out what it is. Um, and, you'd think you they would do that through kind of following up leads and you know picking up on clues and so forth but here it's just at a certain point in the movie like halfway through or two-thirds through uh jennifer just 
shows up in Needy's bedroom and she's like, hey, by the way, I'm a succubus and here's what happened. And she tells her the <laughs> whole story and we get a flashback yeah. and, and she just tells her all that. And it's like, there's no motivation for Jennifer to tell Needy that, at, you know, at this moment. I mean, if she's just telling her because she's her friend, well, then why didn't she tell her right away? Like, there's no reason other than the film has decided that Needy should have this information now. Yep. And um, that part bothered me too. Yeah. Similarly, I felt like it was lame that Needy, you know, once she finds out she's a succubus, she's like, okay, I need to find out more information about succubi. And uh, so she, she just goes to the school library and they have a book and she opens it. And the first page that she opens to says, you know, what they are and how to defeat them and all everything, you know, just exactly as it's going to be in the movie. And she's like, yep. okay, that's that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and it's like, again, like compare that to a lot of other movies like this. Like I was thinking of like a nightmare on Elm street where a lot of the movie is the kids figuring out what Freddy Krueger is. And it's not like mm -hmm. Freddy Krueger halfway through the movie, just like, you know, in the dream world just says to the, one of the kids, like, I'm this burn victim guy and, and I have, <laughs> I can come into your dreams and then sometimes you can pull part of me out of your <laughs> dreams, bitch. You know, it's like, uh, no, like uh, they have to put, put it together piece by piece by, you know, they have to go and find records and, oh, there was this guy who was burned. And then, uh, you know, the one time they are holding she's holding onto his hat when right when she wakes up and then she's still holding his hat in the real world and they're like oh you can bring things out of the dream world into the dream real world and then they sort of build a plan around that idea to try to get him in the end here it's like yeah it's just like oh there it is in the book that's what it is yep let's see so another thing i wanted to talk about was eating i feel like there's a whole thing going on with eating in this movie. Um, like the very first thing we see needy do in the movie is just brutally assault this woman in the, the nut hut for suggesting that she should eat more. She says like, Oh, are you just going to eat that one little bar for the whole day? And she just like kicks her teeth out. Um, <laughs> and, uh, then at the climax of the movie, the insult that kind of pushes Jennifer over the edge is uh, when Needy refers to a time back when you didn't need laxatives to stay skinny. And then, of course, Jennifer's whole, you know, condition is that she has to eat people. And she refers to the state where she's able to regenerate and everything as being full. Um, mm -hmm. So do you feel like this movie is saying something about, like, body image or eating disorders or something like that i feel like it's very possible that they tried to make some kind of commentary on it but i don't think it was executed very well so i couldn't tell you what it is yeah i guess it would be like that line indicates that jennifer has like an eating disorder so maybe the issue there is it's kind of like what I've been talking about. Like we don't get a sense of Jennifer's like interiority at all. Like what, mm -hmm. how she thinks or feels or whatever. Um, Needy says something to her at some point about how insecure she is. Mm -hmm. And she, that she also freaks out about that. So I think that plays into it too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she has to go after Needy's boyfriend. Right. Because she's insecure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, there's references to that throughout like very early on in the film uh when they're when they're going to the bar to go see the band uh needy says that uh when jennifer tells her to like dress nice what that means is she has to dress in a to a certain standard but it can't be as sexy as whatever jennifer is wearing so she has to you know uh not outshine her right so that also kind of indicates a i mean it really indicates like a, that this is a super toxic relationship honestly um, oh yeah and like very controlling but then i feel like that's 
I'm so frustrated. Like we don't see anything else like that in the whole movie. Like Jennifer's not trying to control Needy and saying like, oh, you have to dress like this. You have to go here and do that. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it doesn't follow through on that, but that is another moment where uh, we get a sense that she's she's insecure, that maybe she uses Needy to feel better about herself by contrast because needy of course is um she's movie ugly right like this is another frustrating thing about the movie right it's, <laughs> it's one of many movies that do this where right. like, you cast this um, you know amazingly beautiful actor and then like put glasses on her and she's supposed to be the ugly girl in school yep so ugly so then she just like stabs her and then she dies <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, Needy gets bit and then becomes a partial demon. Yeah, she can like levitate. That's another thing that I wish out. they could have explained some more. It's like, are you a succubus? Do you have to go feed on people? Like all you got was the magic powers? Yeah. Um. I guess she's kind of turned into an asshole too, right? Like, right. She's really like, that's mean. Another she's thing. really. I keep coming All back to that sudden, lady at the beginning. Like, she's so mean to her. Yeah, the the nutritionist. She yeah, literally. I mean, did she's nothing. just trying to help. <laughs> it, I like I was with Needy all the way up until that point because she got revenge, which is like five seconds into the movie. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, actual timeline wise. Okay. Um. Like, Needy is our protagonist. She's supposed to be the hero of this film. And everything makes sense. She goes and gets revenge, and that's awesome. Uh, but, well, I guess she got revenge afterwards. But, um, the li all of a sudden, she's, she's hurting innocent people. So that's like, I don't know anymore. I don't know. You kind of lost like me. I mean that that whole thing where she partially transforms into a into a succubus that's got to be part of what the film is trying to say right about all this stuff female empowerment and the eating disorder stuff and the uh the um budding sexuality of of young women and what whatever all, all this stuff it's got to be I don't know that there's some kind of middle way between needies but the thing is, you know, Needy's really not a prude, right? Like, she's got this boyfriend. We see them having sex. Right. Um, like, Jennifer's the virgin. Well, they say that. Well, it's, you don't think she actually was? Well, I, I thought that that was just what they said to the band. Hmm. I mean, she's always yeah, talking maybe. about having sex. I mean, it True, could be joking, like, jokingly. Yeah, like the the band, I think it was a lead singer, was like, I know her type, they're all talk, like, she's definitely a virgin, whatever. Yeah, I don't think he's a, a like a good source of information, though. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> That's true. I, I guess it's kind of left up in the air as to whether or not she really was a virgin. But yeah. She does talk about, like, taking her up the butt and stuff. Yeah, she did. But uh, who knows if that's her, like, trying to sound cool or something. I guess, yeah, I guess we don't, we don't know. But my point is, like, Jennifer seems to be somebody who, who uses sex to get what she wants, right? That's the succubus thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And needy is against that and then in the end does she like is this the feminist message like she learns to sort of do that although she's not we don't see her you know using her sexuality we just see her have like superpowers so i what what is the message from that i don't know i don't know get superpowers I don't know. get superpowers Kick a nutritionist in the face. Be a badass. Be strong. <laughs> Break out of prison. 
not that I don't know. Person, I but. I was reading too about people like reading it as like this really prescient like a prophecy of me too because these guys are uh um, involved in show business because they're a band and they like it was really dumb. It was saying it said like they're using Jennifer's body to get ahead in show business and that's just like harvey weinstein well, or whatever but it's like it's that's not a really real story it is you don't know this i told you this no no you don't know this no are you serious no I mean, <laughs> yes oh okay well her name was elise Poller, and she was murdered in 1995 well this could have been another crossover episode with your hauntings and homicide that podcast doesn't exist anymore now you're gonna have to cut this out um their their band was called uh hatred (laughs) they're some stupid fucking metal band and they killed this 15 year old girl that they went to school with because they were convinced it was going to give them superpowers and make them famous wow uh, it was, that's like this the yeah. whole slender man thing basically so yeah it's loosely based on that story and it's fucking horrible so uh i, I don't think it was any sort of pre me too thing i think it was just a reference to this specific murder yeah and i feel like the it, the parallel is not very strong either because like that's not how like sexual harassment works in hollywood it's not something you do in order to get ahead like here here's this actress you have to sexually harass her or else you won't get the part it's like uh no maybe like you have to shut up about harvey weinstein doing this you know if you know anything you better shut up or else you won't move ahead but it's I don't know, like, the, the the parallel didn't make sense to me at all. Yeah. So, overall, would you recommend this movie? Um, yeah, if you just, like, want to have a good time and watch a silly horror movie, then yes. But if someone's like, hey, what's a great horror movie? Like, this isn't at the top of my list to recommend them. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Like, if I was going to have a slumber party, I would put this movie on, but other than that, like, I don't know when I would be, like, in the mood for this film over anything else, you know? Yeah. I guess, I don't know. Yeah. It's alright. It's kind of cute and fun. Yeah. Um, I guess I would not recommend it. Uh, and because I... (laughs) Because I'm trying to think, like, who would I recommend it to? Um, and I was thinking, like, if you liked Juno. But I liked Juno. <laughs> right. It, so, I really wouldn't put those. Uh, oh, one last thing. I do think there's a scary part. So I, I feel like this movie does have, it has glimmers of everything, right? I feel like this movie, it wants to be scary and funny and sexy. And I feel like it's a little bit of each. Um and there, the scary part to me is like right at the beginning when Jennifer first comes back from being turned into a succubus yeah. and she's in uh, Needy's kitchen and she gives her this, like this creepy ass smile. Um, yeah. Like she's just grinning, she's grimacing. That's like, they did that really well. That's like, like a really creepy image. Um, I guess it's just like always creepy when somebody smiles like that. Like any kind of sm- slow smile like that. Like, uh, uh, do you remember Herman Cain? This might be before your time, but, um... Before, you're, uh, like, two years older than me. <laughs> this would have been, uh, in the uh, 2016 presidential election. Uh, there was this candidate for the Republican nomination, Herman Cain, and he had a uh election ad, campaign ad, that was just oh, him... No him like smiling really slowly so he kind of started out with a neutral oh, no. expression on his face and then he just like very slowly it becomes like a full smile <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and it's so it's so like unintentionally funny um and creepy and uh yikes so i don't know maybe he saw this movie and he was like that that's what my campaign ad should be um oh boy but uh uh yeah definitely you know if you want to f- be spooked maybe look up that five second thing on youtube and skip the rest of the movie uh yeah yeah like vomiting up the weird goo was like the goriest part of the film i guess yeah and again it's like i want to know what that stuff was like what what the hell what (laughs) why does she do that that one time and then then it never comes back that's another thing with eating disorder right like she's vomiting it's like uh Mm, you're right yeah like binging bulimia right Mhm. Yeah. There's so there's so much matter to be worked into something interesting. Mhm. But uh I guess we should talk about what we're going to see next time. What are we going to see next time? Well, let's do a really outside the box movie. Let's do The Student of Prague from 1913. This is the oldest Wow. Feature-length horror film that I'm aware of. Wow. Okay. Uh, And it's pretty interesting. Okay. I'm into it. So, uh, yeah. So join us next time for The Student of Prague. Kenny out. Is that your sign-off? That's my new... That's my new... I don't know. uh, Slogan. Okay. we'll, We'll talk about that. Anyway, Wait, you have to say Heather out. No, I'm, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm just gonna say goodbye, everybody. Someday.